0: Can you describe what it was like from your point of view, the 80s, the 90s, the noughties, when you were at your height of your notoriety? Mm. I would describe the 80s as a very
1: interesting time from a criminal's point of view because technology hadn't, hadn't peaked at this time, you know. As I say, it was very easy pickings.
0: Easy pickings? How can you explain that? As a criminal's point of
1: view, it was as I say, technology hadn't peaked at this, as it is today, cameras, you know, and different things like that, and... Mobile phones, basically, you know.
0: So when you look at what you, what was happening in the 80s compared to what, what's happening now, are you a bit more pleased that you were around in the 80s?
1: Um, I'm glad I, I lived the life I did in the 80s, you know. There's no getting away from it. It was a very interesting life. I look at people today and um, they're not the same as what we were, you know. then.
0: And that's the thing, you were a different breed, so to speak. Even Northumbria police have said that we're dealing with a different type of criminal when it came to the Sayers. What was that like from your point of view when you hear the police saying stuff like this? What what goes through your mind? Really, I wasn't really interested. In them. And to
1: be honest, when I heard things like that, as a criminal's point of view, it was the last thing I wanted to hear because then I was becoming high profile. And that's something as a criminal, so it's no good here. How did you try to stay under the radar, so to speak? I just kept my low profile, you know, like Not standout-ish, no tattoos, no flashcards. Just not very loud, you know.
0: And was there a time when you were at the height when Northumbria police were after you? Was there a time when you thought I'm untouchable, no one can get us? No,
1: never, never.
0: And when it comes to the stories that are in your book, is there any that you can share with me that aren't going to give too much away for the listeners? Yes, I could. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's an interesting little story. I've um, done some good as It's not all bad in the book. You know, there's little bits of good things. You know, on one occasion, um, I had to, I'd been sitting in the house and I had I'd read a read a newspaper. And I had seen that, that something had been stolen from a church, St. Nicholas' Cathedral. Well, the following day, I walked in at a local pub and I seen this person in the corner with this thing that I recognised from the paper, you know, this religious artifact. So I had a little look at it and I realised what he was doing. It was like some precious stones on it and he was taking them off, you know. So we came to an understanding. I left for the thing and he left unhappy. And I handed it back into the church.
0: So, in a way, being a seer can be a good thing at some times. Yes, it can. Yes, it can, yeah. What are some of the times when it hasn't been a good time? What are some of the times when the Sayers name has kind of, your reputation has preceded you?
1: Every time I get sentenced to court,
0: <laughs> I get excessive sentences. And can we talk about some of the times that you spent in prison? What were, were some of the crimes that you committed? What were some of the, the times in prison like for you? Times in prison for me is different from everybody else, you
1: know, because um, we're known up and down the country. So wherever I go, you know, I get to, I'm working with open arms when I go into prison, you know. Not cuddling, like you know what I mean? <laughs> but it's friendship. That must help when you are going to prison. Well when I first went to prison I was I was fifteen years of age, so the reputation hadn't peaked at that time. So you know, I was just I was just a young stand up tough guy at the time.
0: And is that when you started your life of crime at fifteen, or did it happen before that? I suppose when you read the book you'll see that I I've become a criminal in my teenage years,
1: but um in in a way with what we had lived my life, I was prepared to be a criminal all my life.
0: People might say that you can choose to be a criminal or you can choose to, to live life on the straight and narrow. What do you think was it that you knew was going to make you go down that life of crime path? It was just an occupation I chose, you know. Some people are suited to certain things, and I was suited to that. Is there anything that you would look back on and
1: you'd think, you know what, I'd love to have done that differently? I wouldn't have been a career criminal, I would have, I would have learned a profession i learn and not all I've been. I've had my life over again because I realised being a criminal, you're gambling every table with your, with, with your liberty, you know, and everybody knows a gambler always feels and ends up skint that be the same as a, a criminal.
0: The notorious title that we in the media have given you and the police have given you, do you like that? I don't dislike it, if that's what you mean. <laughs> do you think it's a bit weird that people know you and know your reputation before they actually know the man himself personally? Not really. I'm the canny one of the family. Of your brothers, at your absolute height, what was it like to be yourselves? Was it like rock star status when you would walk around Newcastle? What was it like?
1: I'm not one of these egotistic people, you know. So, you know everybody on a daily basis comes up with and shakes Shakespeare hand everywhere, so it's been like this for years. So. I don't find
0: anything unusual. But. The times that you spent in jail away from your family, would there be times that you would regret and you could wish that you'd have back?
1: Yes, yes, yes. All the money in the world cannot replace time. I would have more children and I will probably have more grandparents, you know, and that's something I regret. And I regret me grand, yeah, you know. It's not until you get this age you look back and you think at the time, claims glamorous, and all that, you know, but you look back at it again. It's a waste of life. It's a waste of life line in prison cells and we're, we're wasting your life away. You've
0: you got four kids. Are you happy that they've chosen a different path to what you chose when you were younger?
1: Yes, very delighted about it. Absolutely delighted. That wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would, I would. It would kill us to find out they went down the same path as me, you know. Because I've realised I've been applied in these, these prison cells and these segregation units, you know. And i realised that that's you know, not nice. It's not. It's not just your person who's in jail. It's a family who suffer as well. And that's what these young uns don't realise today, you know. They think they're oh, all going to come some crime and on are going to drink and we are do this and that. But if they get caught, you know, it's a family who suffer. And
0: you know, people don't take that into account. They should do. And you can say that looking back with hindsight now, at the time, was it just the the fact that you saw something you wanted, you needed money, you would go and get it?
1: It's similar to what you're saying, but it's not exactly like that, you know. We would look a bit of work, you know.
0: <laughs> We've established that being yourself where you are now, you're happier now than you've probably ever been before. What's it like to be Stephen Sayers in 2015? I'm just a quiet
1: person though, quiet person, you know, I'm not nothing at all like the reputation. A lot, you know? And nowadays I try to talk young ones out of living a life of crime, you know, I've, I've got a vast experience in it, so I know what I'm talking about, you know. And if I can talk one or two people out of it, good, good, it makes it
0: happy, you know. That's a great thing to be able to do to turn your back on it. What, at what point did you realise, I'm going to turn me back on this and I'm going to lead a different life?
1: Well, what happens is like being a criminal, it's like being a gambler, as I've said earlier on, you know, you're gambling all the time. And when you've got children and you see grandkids and everything,
0: I, I would have more children. Yeah, and it's just, it's just it's not worth it at the end, you know. And when people listen to this, they're going to hear a, a humble, like honest, quiet man. When they read about you in the papers, they're going to read a different type of man altogether. Do you think that that is affecting the way people deal with you and the way people talk to you and the way people think about you as you are in 2015? Yes, it does, yes. yes. People treat us totally different. People who knows, knows it's Steven, you know
1: us, knows that Stephen, they are be friends, but people who know us a sort of journalistic reputation. I never really get close to you, know, because they didn't know us as me and they don't want to know us as me. They want to know this reputation. They want to be on, hanging on the back of it, you know. Not for me.
0: And how do you think this is affecting your kids today, having the Sayers name? How does that affect your family? I've tried my best to shield them from, but, but to be honest with that name, it's practically impossible. Um, it's difficult. What are your hopes for the future? What's your hopes for the rest of 2015 and 2016 onwards? I just want to live an honest life, you know.
1: Yes, maybe I just won't be left alone by Northampton, please.
0: On the book then, when I read it, what am I going to feel? I'm going to be shocked, am I going to be excited, am I going to be saddened? How's it going to make us feel?
1: I don't know what you're going to feel because it's got that many different emotions you're going to go through. You know, there's happiness, there's sadness, there's crime, you know, there's, there's one or two tears.
0: Do you think it's a bit strange that people find reading crime stories and reading about families like they say, do you think that's a bit strange that people find that fascinating? Or do you think it's just part of our nature that we want to know what the underbelly's like?
1: If you look at crime films, they're very, very popular the you look at The Scorpius, Godfather, people are the Godfrey, Godfather. People's interested by crime, it's just a way of life, you know, it's just people are, I think it t- gives them a little escape for that short time, you know.
0: Can you tell us about the foreword in the book, who's
1: written that, and what's that about? Yes, 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 we've had, um, we've had one of two interesting characters from down London. Um, we've had Freddie Foreman, he's put a bit in. We've had Eddie Richardson. We've had uh, Charlie Bronson, we've had Dave Courtney, we've had the Fraser's family, um, we've had the Pyle family.
0: The people who are notorious around the UK have wrote a little bit for your book. Does that make you feel proud? Mm, if I sell a few books, written, I would, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we're also doing a DVD, we're being filmed for that as it is at the moment. Can you tell us a bit more about the DVD? Yes, it's it's got, it's got some points where the book have missed out, you know.
1: Um, there was too much to put in one book, to be honest, you know.
0: The other thing that I read recently was about Charlie Bronson sending you a letter from prison. Can you tell us about that letter and what it was like reading it?
1: Yeah, it was interesting, you know. I know Charlie, well, met him in the jail, you know. Um, it was nice to get a bit of support off the man, you know. The man's trying to get, he's trying to get his freedom, you know, and I think he served long, long enough in, in prison. He's got his own Facebook now. If anybody can touch him, it's in, in Charlie's Corner. If anybody wants to try and help him. When you were in jail, and like Charlie Bronson was in jail, what is it like? Yeah, I've got an understanding. i have got to understand. You mean, me my brothers have served over 50 years imprisonment between me, you know. So, uh, yes, we're all known up and down the country. There's in the prison cell, but I probably haven't been mentioned in, you know.
0: If we go back to the people who wrote a foreword on your book, Paul Ferris, the notorious Glasgow gangster, can you tell us a little bit more about Paul, how you know him, or, or any stories that you've got with him?
1: Yes, Paul's a very good friend of mine. We met, we met we met in we met in Franklin Prison a long time ago, you know. We used to eat together. Um actually it was one day there was me, me brother Michael, Charlie Queer, and Paul Ferris were all having a meal and the governor walked past and he says, If the devil could cast
0: tears in death, I thought very appropriate words. Very appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that just just that thought alone of you you three sitting down. I mean, can you tell us what you were talking about? We're dinner. <laughs> <laughs> and was it a nice meal?
1: I was a good cook.
0: (laughs) We've got the book coming up. We've got a DVD coming up. But where where can people go and get them if they want to buy these?
1: Yeah, You can buy the DVD from www.mediahypherarts.co.uk. The book can be bought on www.thisyears.co.uk.
0: And you're getting quite savvy with the technology. I see you've got a Twitter account as well.
1: We don't use this as far as that kind of do them. (laughs)